on and on for God knows how long. That was Danzig with Sistinus. I'm continuing the trend of being the late night DJ when we come out of these intro songs because uh, I enjoy it and it kind of fulfills a fantasy of mine of being this guy who carries people through the night playing sad songs into the early morning. That's one of my favorite sad songs. Sustinus by Danzig, off of Danzig 3, How the Gods Kill. Anyway, it's the 4th of July weekend. It's Sunday. I had four days off, which is kind of cool. But I don't do well with free time. Uh, you know, I'm quite busy all the time anyway. But whenever I have these long weekends, there's this kind of effort to enjoy my time, quote-unquote. And um, it, I, I put this like weird amount of pressure on myself to quote unquote relax where, you know, go outside, get some sun, don't work, don't worry about work, don't think about things that are looming in the future. Um, you know, don't think about Monday morning, uh, which is actually uh, tomorrow morning. And uh, so there's like this weird pressure I put on myself to unwind and it actually makes me more stressed out. So uh, it's kind of ironic, I guess. Uh, one of the things that I found interesting was that uh, the other, before, before this, you know, beginning of this weekend, I was driving down to the practice space in Keyport, which is a few exits down the Garden State Parkway from where I live. And I noticed that the Garden State Parkway was packed with people heading down to the Jersey Shore. And, um, you know, I, I was wondering if that actually was such a good idea to be rocking and rolling out on the beach uh, while we're in the middle of this pandemic. And I know that the tri-state area has been doing really well. Um, I mean, all-time lows across the board. It's almost like, you know, it's uh, dubiously coming out on the other side of this thing I know, but I also know that this can easily spike back up to where we were back in March and I know that the rest of the country is uh, on fire within this inferno inferno of disease and uh, yeah I don't know I, I, I'm having a hard time relaxing and thinking about these things as a really close friend of mine down in Texas tested positive and I, I have a pretty high level of confidence that he's going to be okay. But nonetheless, uh, at, at the very least, it's an inconvenience in his life because he's, him and his wife are going to have to quarantine themselves so they don't potentially infect anyone else. So, uh, you know, even though we're entering different phases of reopening here in the tri-state area, I'm still staying in. <laughs> you know, I... I uh, I don't really leave the house that much. I try to find reasons for myself to go outside. And, uh, you know, I have to work home. I, I work remotely, so most of my days are actually spent sitting in front of my computer at my, in my work area. Uh, 
aside from that, I'm preparing for this exam, which is looming up in August at the end of August. Um, you know, producing all these podcasts, uh, Necromaniacs, which is, we just launched, relaunched last week, Metal Matters, and then whatever I end up doing with this show, as well as a bunch of other little projects like writing gigs, things like that. So I don't really have a call to leave the apartment that often. Um, I got this pretty sweet setup here for working out. I think I'm going to buy a grappling dummy. Um, anyone out there who's into jujitsu, if you want to make a recommendation as to which is the best one, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, I just recently started doing privates at a, a Muay Thai camp over in uh, Woodbridge called Driven Gym. I had my first private last week, and I'm going to be doing uh, privates like once a week throughout the summer, um, you know, until it's safe to reopen. And uh, I guess there's talk, at least in New Jersey, of some of these gyms like, reopening at uh, you know partial capacity. But uh, I, I'm going to wait. You know, what I mean, I'm not I'm not in um, in a rush to go out there and uh, be in these enclosed environments with a bunch of people and sweating, breathing on each other, that kind of thing. And uh, I just want to play it safe and cautious. I have uh, this past weekend, I went, I did, I had my first outdoor dining experience at a restaurant in here in, uh, in Metuchen. And I got to say, it was quite enjoyable. Um, sat down, had a meal, uh, you know, the server had a mask on. There was people around me, but not too close. We were outside, you know, sitting in, in, in the sun. And, and it was kind of nice. And, uh, you know, it was a shadow of what I used to enjoy of going to a restaurant and not worrying about getting infected or infecting other people. So it's just the same old thing, man. And um, I'm tired of it. And I'm sure everyone's tired of it. And uh, I just really want to move past things and get into the next phase of life and enjoy some kind of quality of life. And, uh, it is quite distressing when I see other parts of the country. And I know, I mean, I know some of you that listen to this, uh, you know, live out in California and different parts of the, of the country. And you may be experiencing, uh, these, these, uh, horrible, uh, spikes in infection. And I really, you know, my heart goes out to you guys because, you know, like I said, I was, I was living in New York when this thing, on the onset of this thing, and I've, in the middle of it, moved out to New Jersey. It was a planned move. It wasn't like I fled. I, I, I had actually made plans from the end of last year to move out here. And, um, you know, it just so happened that in May, at the height of all of this, I had to move. So, you know, it was kind of a, it actually was quite easy, believe it or not. I mean, I had, I had a mover and there was no traffic and uh, it wasn't too bad. But just be careful. And I probably am pretty sure that most people listening to this are of the state of mind that they're not turning this into a civil rights you know, personal freedom kind of experience and that it really is just about being smart and following the path of science forward instead of the path of emotion and politics and whatever precipice this insane leader that the country currently has is trying to lead people over. 
Um, you know, don't be a lemming following the leader into oblivion. That's like the only thing I can say. Um, you know, with all that in mind, um, trying to enjoy the weekend, my copy of the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood Blu-ray showed up and uh, apparently there's 30 minutes extra of the director's cut and I'm looking forward to seeing that. I was planning on watching that today. Once I wrap this up, I'm going to be hitting that. I believe Mike and I are going to be doing an episode of Necromaniacs that's going to be essentially a review of the Blu-ray. So apparently there's more Manson stuff in there. I mean, for those of you who've seen the theatrical cut of this film, uh, it's a you know it's about the Manson murders basically. I mean that's one key plot element. Charlie shows up, but he's in he's only in for like ten seconds. And the guy they got to play Manson was great. I know that he was the same dude that played Manson on the Mindhunters episode, and uh, he did a great job. He looked like Charlie. He got those creepy murderous black eyes that Manson had and um yeah I wanted to see more of him and I was kind of disappointed that he wasn't part of uh more you know had a bigger part in the film now along those same lines I just started reading this book it's called Chaos Charles Manson the CIA and the Secret History of the 60s and um apparently it's a uh eye-opening read and um I just started it, and uh, really looking forward to getting into it. The writing is really good. Um, what the hell's the guy's name? Tom O'Neill. I've never read anything by him prior to this, but yeah, he does a good job. Writing's good, um, compelling, uh, really good at putting the narrative together. Uh, I am not a Charles Manson apologist. Uh, I'm also uh, I'm, I'm like Jim Van Beber, and uh, for those of you for those of you who don't know who that is, he's a independent filmmaker kind of a wild card kind of this maverick extremely talented makes all these films with basically i mean not even amateur actors it's essentially his friends and he's such a powerful director that he's able to put together these great films and he did a manson film that took him 10 years to uh to complete from start to finish and that's a big chunk of time man to develop and um like his his take on it, like I, I when I say I'm like Jim Weber, that doesn't mean that I'm a, a talented filmmaker who struggles with uh, you know uh, alcohol abuse and uh, possible uh, mental issues. But um, meaning that my perception of Charles Manson is that it's an incredibly interesting story, um, a lot of horrible events that you know I mean innocent people were killed. And, uh, you know, this, you know, people were murdered and, and it was a horrible thing. And it's not to say that uh, I have any sort of idolization of Tex Watson or any of these people, but it's an interesting story. And I, I really enjoy true crime. And, you know, I mean, it's stuff's interesting. It's, it's compelling. And, and um, you know, especially if you have like a, if you're attracted to the darker aspects of society. So, uh, you know, I don't want to, I'm not a, you know, this one of these people who worships Manson or thinks that, yeah, man, Charlie's innocent. I mean, he is actually innocent. I mean, he, you know, he was put away from murder, but he, uh, in this, with the respect to this case, he never actually murdered anyone. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that Charles Manson has taken lives, but uh, it's an interesting case because 
he wasn't actually present during any of these murders. Uh, you know, Sadie, Sadie um, Susan Atkins, it's actually her name, Tex Watson, those people were the ones who were actually charged with murder. And Manson, through his uh, Svengali-like, uh, you know, influence on them, was, was incarcerated for his entire life. And it's argu- arguably Manson is probably more at home in jail than, uh, than out, you know, at large. But still in all, I mean, the guy spent most of his life behind bars. Um, yeah, I've read a bunch of the, I've read most of the books out there. You know, Bugliosi's account of it and Helter Skelter. Uh, there's a cottage industry about, around Charles Manson. And um, like I said, I've read a lot of those. And, uh, you know, his connections to the process church or final judgment. Um, you know, the influence goes on and on and on. I mean, musically, you know, Throbbing Gristle. Uh, you can see Manson's influence on a bunch of stuff. You know, I own, I own his records, <laughs> you know, and I've actually covered one of the songs on an Anodyne 7-inch. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fascinating study of the human animal. I'll leave it at that. Um, but yeah, this uh, this book it's cool. I'm looking into it, looking forward to getting into it. Uh, if any of you out there are interested in the Van Beber film, it's available somewhere on Blu-ray or DVD, as well as all of his other uh, works. You know, mostly shorts. Um, if you subscribe to Shutter, uh, Deadbeat at Dawn is on Shutter, which is like a feature-length action film that he made where um, he does a lot of his stunts. And, um, yeah, I, we, you know, it's funny, man. Like, Van Beber and I have a lot of common friends. Like, Mike Williams from I Hate God is friends with, my, with uh, Jim Van Beber. And I'd like to think that at some point the two of us would cross paths because I have a lot of questions I like to ask him, you know. And uh, one of the things I admire about him is just his inability to give up despite all signs pointing to maybe you should you should give up but hey man this life is the only thing we have and you know if you have a desire to create then that should be the pursuit i mean i can relate to that as well you know and um sacrifices are made and you know things might have gone differently um and, and this muse might lead you into the rocks at one point and your whole life might crash and burn. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it was probably worth it, you know. And if, um, if there's something meaningful like Van Weber's films, he was able to accomplish all this stuff, you know, and, and uh, I respect that. And on the version of... Um, what the hell's the name of this, this collection I have? It's got a bunch of his stuff on it, and I uh, it has the Manson film, and there's like these incredible interviews with him at the end, and uh, yeah, he just talks a lot about that, and uh, just the incredible intention that you have to keep together to see something through over ten years of time, and um, yeah, I just find that really inspiring. It made me it actually over the years of the ups and downs of the stuff I've been involved with, it's uh, really inspired me to keep going, you know? And it's like, a, you know, a couple of years ago, even with Tombs, 
there came a time where literally right after we recorded the grand annihilation where i was like it's too hard man i i'm going through all the same shit and it's just i just felt world weary and ready to give up but i just kept going and i think that's the only thing to do in incredibly hard conditions you know and like the things that we're going through right now it's like it'd be real easy to give up man whatever that means but you just got to wake up every morning pull yourself out of your bed or whatever and put one step and one foot in front of the other and take the steps and hope for uh for a better time and that's pretty much where we're at um one of the things i've been thinking about a lot is you know everyone's worlds have gotten very small as a result of this pandemic you know and, and i'll once again i'll use my life for example you know most of my life is spent going to places and meeting people and doing things you know i mean every day i wake up i got to be at a certain place at a certain time i got to meet certain people i got to do certain things you know the, it's very fast moving um yeah, you know, you don't have a lot of time. There's a lot of distractions. You got to get up. You got to get on the train. You got to go to work. You're walking down New York City streets. You know, you're seeing people. You're like, what's this thing over here, you know? Oh, look at that girl, man. She's beautiful. You know, I wonder what she's all about. You know, there's like, oh, there's some guy lurking in the shadows. What's his deal? Is he, is he dangerous, you know? And finally, you get to where you're going, and then you got to do your thing. And um, all of that came to an abrupt halt when we quarantined, you know, now I'm stuck home. You know, I, I have no idea how long I'm going to be working remotely. It might be indefinite. It might be until sometime next year, man. And I have to make do with that. So as a result, my world has become really small. You know, like I have to find reasons to leave the house and uh, everything's, everything I love to do is pretty much shut down. So as a result, my mind has, because of the lack of external stimulation, my mind has creating brand new landscapes to explore in lieu of my hominid physical self exploring actual landscapes. And that can be a good or a bad thing at times. Um, you know, it can be good because I've gone deep into my creativity and I've come up with some really good ideas for stuff. Um, you know, I've done a lot of writing during this period, uh, you know, a lot of ideas for some future projects have come together. I mean, they're, you know, they're not in the, in any kind of form to present to anyone, but the, the kernels, the, the seeds of future ideas are being germinated right now. And that's great. That's incredible. You know, having maybe those couple of hours a day, that, that time reinvested into other things has been positive. However, all of the skeletons in the closet, you know, all of the, uh, you know, the, the demons that haunt the recesses of your consciousness that have been buried beneath all of the distractions are clawing their way into the light. And that can be a very negative thing, a very daunting situation to deal with. And, uh, you know, I find myself uh, time and time again uh, going through all these things, battling these demons. Um, I mean, I've never been one to have like, you know, problems with addiction or things like that. But 
every every time you 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 went left and you should have went right you know you make decisions that years down the line you suffer that decision you know there are you know people of in my life that I've hurt that I haven't treated in probably the best way relationships with parents relationships with with loved ones you know people that I haven't given the proper attention to um that stuff is very very I would say focused is a good word and um you know it ends up coming to you in the middle of the night or in the early morning and it just creates a whole new obstacle to overcome and it's an incredible mental game to play especially when you're stuck in these situations where you don't you you know I'm I'm by myself out here man I I don't have anyone you know I'm just alone all the time and prior to all this stuff I used to play this play it like you know I'm this loner you know I like to be by myself you know I don't need people like all this stuff you know what I mean but you know until you're locked away in like isolation like this um you know you don't you don't really know what that's like to be really alone because you know I've spent a lot of my time by myself living by myself like kind of you know self-isolating like you know, marginal, like out on the edges, you know, but if I wanted to see someone, I could just leave the house and go there, go there, go out. I can go somewhere. You know, if there was like a show, you know, a band was playing somewhere, I could just roll up and see people and see a show and enjoy myself and be part of control my, my uh, participation in that, you know, and then go home and then be alone again. But now all that stuff's gone, man. There's none of that. There's no movies. There's no shows. There's no gatherings. There's nothing. You can't even go to a diner and sit there by yourself and take in other people's energy. And it's, um, yeah, it just gave me a whole new perspective on it. Um, I spoke with uh, with Mike Williams from I Hate God recently for um, Metal Matters. Actually, it's this week's episode. You know, Mike probably feels similar to me as being someone who likes you know likes solitude but even he was saying he's like you know i just want to get out on the road again and see people you know and i'm like yeah i can relate to that so yeah it's just a very very new new perspective new insights you know and, and there's a lot of value in that too so anyway that's you know be that as it may um yeah, a couple, a couple of good things going on in Metal Matters. I got a, you know, Mike's interview coming up. I spoke with Kevin Sharp from uh, Venomous Concept, Brutal Truth, etc. And, uh, you know, I, I played many shows of Brutal Truth over the years. And uh, Dan, Lilker, Dan Lilker and, um, you know, Rich Hoke. Those are, those are the two guys that I've, I've known that I've, you know, contact, been in contact with, you know, and... I never actually spoke with Kevin before, and uh, this is the first time we we actually had a conversation. So I was it was pretty cool, man. He's a great guy, and really got a lot of passionate insights into culture, society, politics, and all that stuff. And you know, the episode was less about their new album that's coming out, and more about just a platform of uh, to, fr- to to vent on like pr- frustrations, and. Um, you know, stories, you know, stuff like that, 
you know, which, which kind of like, I guess it, it leads me into like some ideas for what I want to do and everything went black. Cause it's like, you know, as long as I'm doing metal matters, all the music stuff is on that. All of the interviews with like, you know, guys and bands and talk about records and all that stuff. And, you know, that's all going to be part of that thing. Cause that's like an actual job that I have to produce content like that. Horror movies, necromaniacs. We're going to be doing that every week. So now this is the first podcast I've, I started doing this in the, in the early days of podcasting and it's taken on a lot of different manifestations. You know, I started doing music stuff on here. I had martial arts guys on here. I've, uh, you know, talked about MMA fights, you know, Andrew and I would do our picks. Um, I tried out this, uh, night talk thing with, uh, you know, people into the occult and supernatural and. Those three episodes are really good, but I just don't have enough ins into that world to regularly produce content with that. You know, maybe that's some other thing that comes to light in the future. But um, one of the things I've been really tripping out on is the, uh, the storytelling. Like, I guess talking to Mike and talking to Kevin, I was thinking about, man, these, you know, we touch on it a little bit in the, in the uh, Metal Matters episodes. But the stories, you know, like Kevin got into some stories about like white power skins in South Jersey. And, you know, Mike started talking about some stuff. And and I'm like, man, what what a like doing a storytelling show, I think, would be really cool where there's like maybe a topic and we have some, you know, a bunch of different people talk about things and they could just go off and. I think that'd be a lot of fun and I think it'd be really interesting. And I think that there's precedent for that because there's like that, uh, that show, the moth or whatever, which I've never actually listened to, but basically that's a storytelling show. Then there's like, uh, Ari Shafir. He has a show which got huge on like comedy central, which I've only watched like segments of that. I think it's called, this is not happening or something like that. Um, you know, and I, I've also gotten quite into telling stories myself. And the, there's some interesting things that I've done. You know, like I've, you know, met a lot of cool people, done a lot of cool things, been in very, you know, different types of situations and stuff like that. You know, and even just mundane stories, I think would be really cool to put out there. And um, I know enough people, I think I can make something like this happen. So uh, that might be something that, comes into fruition maybe as early as this fall i mean this summer is kind of shot um if i was going to do this thing with other people i would like to do it in person so i can get good you know quality audio you know all of this remote bullshit has the audio quality suffered man you got to do it over a mobile phone or skype or zoom or whatever facetime and the audio kind of sucks, you know, it's, it's nothing's better than being in person with a microphone. And um, yeah, so just some ideas. Anyway, I hope everyone's doing well. Get tested, you know, do your thing. Hang in there. If you're in one of these states like Texas, California, Arizona, stay home, wear a mask. Um, if you guys want to call me a pussy for wearing a mask, that's totally fine. I'm comfortable with myself. I just want to get through all this stuff. The rest of the world is moving ahead. The United States is behind. We have 20% of the infections and 4% of the world population. So let's get our shit together. Everyone stay safe. And to take you guys out of this, I got another favorite track by Yesu, Friends Are Evil.
I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>